570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Later this hour, Rodney, something pretty cool. Yeah. Friend of ours, Ralph Lawler, longtime voice of the Clippers. He wrote a book. Yeah. Lawler's Law. He'll be coming out. Law, baby. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Ralph. He wrote a book. You know he's got stories about how bad the Clippers were when he started. Oh, man. Uh, He's great. He's the best. So Ralph Lawler will join us near the end of the hour. Uh, and we are giving away, uh, this hour we'll do Norms. Norms! We're giving away a $50 gift card to Norms, so stay tuned. and We'll give you a cue to call. You'll have a shot, and we want you to win Norms. Now, as we do on Friday, it's time to bring on our dear friend, one of America's all-stars, one half of the odd couple, heard on Fox Sports Radio, 4 to 7 in the West, 7 to 10 in the East. It's our dear friend Rob Parker. And Rob, good Friday to you. Good Friday to Rogan and Rodney, my favorites. What's going on, guys? Great to join you. I got to apologize right off the bat. Oh, already? What'd you do? I do. I do. Because I I don't like to upset you. But uh, when I was introducing you earlier, I'd forgotten you even came on last Friday. I wasn't on last Friday. Okay, so it wasn't me, you guys. Two, I know, gotcha. but two weeks ago I was I I was in studio. I wasn't on last gotcha. Friday. Right, I said you weren't on last Friday, and everybody looked at me like, "What's wrong with you?" Yes, he was. Yeah, no, last Friday I'm gonna Fred. Last Friday I was in New York. You remember being honored? That's why oh, that's I wasn't right. on. That's right. How'd that go? It was very nice. The uh, Omega Sci-Fi uh, fraternity, Rodney. Uh, Gave me an honor out there on Long Island, which was pretty neat. And uh, also, I got to go back to my high school where they officially put up my Hall of Fame plaque. So I was able to see that in person. So that was my weekend in New York, and it was great. Yeah, nice. the Hall of Fame. Solid. Like, man, I saw the yeah. picture. I saw it. Very nice. I saw you, you know? man. How, what did that make you feel like, Rob? You know what? Going back there, being honored by your old high school. It's it's pretty amazing, just from the standpoint of, you know, Rodney, you think of Hall, what, going there. I went to high school from 78 to 82. And, you know, you, you go there, you're, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're in high school. You know what I mean? You got your buddies. Walk past that thing a million times. Never even thought that my name would ever be up there. You know what I mean? It just wasn't something you thought about. And to uh, see my name up there is pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm always appreciative when people recognize me for different things, and that that's very special, no doubt. Rob, who that's would you awesome, say? Rob. Who would you say was the oldest female teacher when you were in high school? Do you, do you have? I'm still in contact with her, Miss Silver. Are that you he kidding? Dated? Right, I'm just wondering. Mrs. Silver and Mrs. Silver and I danced at the high school I prom. Bet, there we go. There's no lie. I'm That's not making it, it up for comedy. That's where it started. Yes, we date. We danced at the high school prom. I had a date. I don't want you to think I came there. Like now, kids, Rodney, you know this. They go stag to the prom. Yeah, they do. It's Am about I right. Yeah, it's about going, yeah, you don't go with dates. Really, you don't go with dates. It's like a party, and like you get a limo. 
a bunch and of there's group, like a bunch, bunch of, of dudes and, and maybe a couple and of girls. A lot of times it's girls too, yeah. Yeah. But, it, right? but they're not they're not coupled up a lot they're of times. They're just friends that are all friends, whether it be female or male. 100%. They all get together, yeah. They get a big limo or a couple limos and they all ride together and have a good old time. Did you, you know, go, Rodney? You went there. to your high school prom. Did you take a date, Fred? Did you take a date? I, I took go. several. I took several. Rob. I bet you were a high a big star. He was a big star. I didn't want to upset anyone. No, I didn't want to upset anyone. No, that was the right you know call, I mean? Rodney. You know, yeah, Rob. Right and call. and back then you could you could dance with your teacher, right? Yes. Without anybody going. Oh no, it wasn't oh, a what's thing. Up? Right? What's going on? They got something yeah. going on. Would you say back in the day she was around fifty years old, Rob? Probably around then. You know, I mean, okay, she so- said something in my ear that I wasn't so sure if it was kosher or not. What'd she say? Oh. And, oh. you know, she was my math teacher. She said that she wanted to teach me how to do, to divide and multiply. So I just thought. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Come on, people all over L.A., they're laughing at that. No? Jesus. Yeah, I see. I, I, I tried to set you up. You know, I knew you could take it in some direction eventually. <laughs> I mean, because oh, really, Rob, oh, that's, that's where you. You became infatuated with older women. I mean, Ab- absolutely. If she's fifty years old and you're in high school, she was right in your wheelhouse. She was in my yeah. wheelhouse. Was she a looker, Rob? Was she looking uh, pretty good or what? Uh, or no, uh, you know, she was a nice woman for her age at that time. Yeah, but now you know it's funny. So now, how old would she be? Ninety. Uh, well, that was forty years ago. Yeah, she'd be yeah so she would be close to that. Okay, you know. now she's really in your wheelhouse. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wow. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, with the whole thing, the wheelchair, uh, it, it just makes it a little bit easier. So everything is good. She, she was walking back then. <laughs> walking back then. Oh, man. So awful, man. Rob. Oh, it's hard to God. dance with somebody in a wheelchair. I'm just saying. You know, I, I, wear, I wear expensive shoes. I'm not trying to get my shoes ruined. We do just twirl them around? Exactly. <laughs> Terrible, Rob. Horrible. All right, so you're upset that Aaron Judge won the MVP. Is that right? I'm not. No, I'm not upset that he won. People voted, right? People voted for. I'm upset at the Homer writers in L.A. You homers. Uh, Wait a minute. What are you screaming for? Because I'm mad at the people, uh, the writers down there who covered the Angels. Come on. Now, he got two first place votes, Otani, and both from L.A. writers. That's a that's a homer job. No, it's they see him every night, Rob. Yes, but that's not what you're supposed to do, Fred. Every writer, yes, and you could say, "Oh yeah, he well, le- le- not legitimate." Le- you don't think it's legitimate that he no- could be considered? I- I'm just saying, no, no, not in this year where Aaron Judge had a historic year. And if you're just basing it off of, well, uh, the the team finished 16 games under 500, 33 games out of first place. He, he was basically taking batting practice since May. He didn't have an, a, a meaningful at-bat or a meaningful outing uh, dating back to June, early June when they fired Joe Madden. And if you look at Aaron, um, Aaron Judge's season, it was historic, the, the 62 home runs. In a, in a year where everybody, the, the average batting average in the major leagues, you want to guess, Rodney and, and and Fred, what it was, the average batting average in the major league? 270. Go ahead, Rodney. Maybe 240. 243. Yeah. Judge hit 311. He hit 311. So he wasn't just swinging for home runs and he batted 210. He batted 311 and led in every offensive category and led the Yankees to 99 wins and the playoffs. 
And you saw when, when he's not hitting, they, they have no shot. I mean, that's how big of a player. I'm just saying if there were maybe eight or nine votes and they were spread out around the country, I could buy into it. But when I see that the only two guys who voted for him are, are Angels guys, I, I think that's where it borders on being a homer. It really does. So then in that respect, do you uh... – some people are crying that the, that the writers shouldn't have the boat that they have. No, I disagree that with have. that. And I'm going to tell you why. I've said this maybe before on your show. I think the right, and it's, it's my, the Hall of Fame votes that I have, most prized possession of anything that I have. Less than, it's about 450 people who have that vote in a yes. country of 330 million. Okay, so it's special. And most of the writers, most, are very serious about it and take it as, you know, a privilege. And here's the other thing. Some of them don't. You can't take it away from us. You know why? Because I don't even know if Rodney or Fred knows this. Those awards were started by the BBWAA. Those are our awards that baseball adopted. It's not the other way around. Baseball could have said, we don't care what the writers do and we're doing our own thing. They adopted our awards. Matter of fact, the rookie of the year, Jackie Robinson, was started in the Chicago BBWAA uh, chapter in 1940. So when people talk about taking away the, their our awards that baseball has embraced and with good reason. And here's the other example why I think, two examples why I, I hold the BBWAA and the baseball writers in, um, in, in high, uh, esteem. What's high esteem. Thank yeah. you, Fred. Is A... Uh, Barry Bonds was absolutely the worst guy to the writers. Rodney, you know that, right? Fred, you, you've been around Barry Bonds. Yeah, when he played, he was pretty bad. He was bad. But I'll tell you this, Rob, and I don't know if you've seen him since he played. Rodney knows him. I ran into him one night at uh, the California Hall of Fame Awards. What a nice guy. And he was nice. Rodney, Great you, 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 you yeah. know him? How? I know him well. Okay. Very well. And you know, no disclosure. Like, yes. No, no. That's all good. And he's a great player. But Rodney... He didn't treat us great, right? right? And guess what? The writers voted him MVP seven times. He didn't get yep. that award from from uh, from other players. We voted him seven times MVP. You know why? Right. He was great. And the same writers don't invite him, don't vote for him for Hall of Fame. Well, you got there's, there's so a So that's mix. a whole other story, I know. Yeah, but, but, but those but, same writers that hold a grudge. But they don't hold the because grudge. Because of that. No, they don't hold a grudge. That's not why they voted for him. They're in the, uh, uh, struggling with the idea of cheating and how do you deal with that. Yeah. And that's really I, what it is. how it's do you not vote a, for him for MVP if that's the same? It's a, you know, it's a no, 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 no. But at that time, you got to remember, everything wasn't out on the table, and it might have been different if they knew what they know now. Do you know what I mean? At that time, there was no controversy with Barry Bonds. And my only point is that, and the last thing is, when Jackie Robinson broke into baseball and Jackie Robinson was the rookie of the rookie of the year uh, in 1947, I mean, to think that all the writers were white and they, and they let in their first black baseball writer um, in 1947 as well into the, and just think about that 20 some odd years before civil rights, the BBWAA had a black baseball writer, you know, who had a card, and was allowed to uh, participate. So I have high esteem for the BBWA. Rob, Pete Rose uh, told the commissioner, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want in. I want in the Hall of Fame. What do you think happens? 
I think they gave him a chance. Do you remember a few years back when they allowed Pete Rose to take part in Cincinnati at the All-Star game because they were doing – what were they doing, the um, Mount Rushmore of every team? Do you remember yeah. that? Yep. And they were that like – was a while no... ago, right? Yeah, and Pete yeah. botched it. Was that the Jim Gray interview? Yes. No, no. no. That was that was after the Jim Gray interview. Uh, yeah. But but he, but they they tried to let him be back in, and then he came out with the book that he that he did do it. You know, after lying for fourteen years, they had all the goods on Pete Rose. All he had to do was apologize and ask for forgiveness. I'm telling you, at the at the beginning, baseball doesn't want to have Pete Rose not be a part of it, but they have no choice. You know this, both of you, when you walk into a baseball clubhouse, the biggest sign in the room isn't the team's name. It says if you gamble, you're banned from baseball. Right. Right? That's the biggest sign. You can't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Rob, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) On all that. I'm sorry. I'm just fired up. Would you have voted? Let me ask you, what else would you, would you have voted for, um, would you would you have voted for Otani or Judge? Oh, Judge, by the way. Yeah. Judge, you know, Judge, no doubt. I mean, for all those things you just mentioned, but also it wasn't just the home runs and hitting 62. Uh, he was a complete player. And, you know, like I said, he, he hit 311, but on top of that, he put the team on his back. Right. Especially the second half of the season. For them to even have a chance, uh, it was all about him. They went as he went. And they made the playoffs because he put him on his back. And that's what an MVP should be. Yeah. No doubt. Where do you think he ends up, Rob? I think he ends up with the Yankees. If if it's about – he stays there. Yeah, I don't believe – and here's a a little nugget for you. Four of the last five players who went into free agency after winning an MVP re-signed with their team. Uh, The only way I see the Yankees not re-signing him – is if he just doesn't want to be there. It can't be over money because they have money, and you want somebody to represent your organization, and I don't know if you could find a better guy. I'm sure there's a few guys, but he is. You think he wants to be there, though, Rob? Yeah, I do. I think he's about the tradition, wearing the pinstripe. Uh, The Yankees did something for him that they've never done for any individual player when they put the judges' chambers in the stands. They've they've never done that. Rodney, the Yankees, they never even did that for Jeter or Don Mattingly or Dave Winfield or or Reggie Jackson. And for them to do something like that tells you where he fits in. And now they're talking about making him captain. I'd be surprised. I know he's from the Bay Area. I know the Giants want to get in. The only thing that was weird to me, and I don't know, maybe you guys – the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, you know, is worth, I don't know, 2 or $3 or $4 billion or whatever it is. Him and the Yankee owner, Hal Steinbrenner, made a pact that they wouldn't get into a bidding war for Aaron Judge. Are you cool with that? No. What does that mean? Yeah. That, what, that the, exactly the Mets would only get involved in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes if Aaron Judge says he's not playing for the Yankees. You know, the Yankees are out of it, that he's not playing for them. That's the only way they would make a bid for him one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I, I was shocked to hear that, too. <laughs> Is it real, though, you think? I don't They It was public. I thought that was very weird. You know, I mean, uh, if you're but, but I Cohen, know a lot of things are public. Do you think that's real? 
that they actually have a pact that the Mets are not going to go after and get into a bidding war. Yeah, I, I say Aaron it's Judge. real because at some point, once the free agency stuff starts and you don't hear the Mets making any offers or any overtures, fans, their own fans are going to say, what, why, why aren't you going for Judge? You know, like, what's the deal? You got money. The team won 101 games. You don't want to add Aaron Judge. You know how many tickets you would sell at City Field if Aaron Judge is wearing the, the, the Met Royal blue and orange? It would be a ton. It would be Should big. Should the Dodgers make a run at him? Why not? Dodgers got plenty of money. They don't need him. No, they really don't. They need what? Pitching, don't they? Yeah. Low pitching. Maybe, uh, well, they might need a middle infielder. It'd be nice to have him, but I just hate when teams play. The name game. That's not a name game, though, Fred. That's a real player. No, it's a real That's player. A real player. That's I, I a real it, dominant player. I know. Would I you know. go, Rodney? You would pull the trigger game. for Judge? I would actually. I would. Yeah, I would. He would look I mean, good in that Dodger Dodgers. blue, wouldn't Dodge, he? Think about the Dodgers, right? They they had their pitching staff is was at the top of every category last year. Yes, and, and it wasn't the pitching. Got them bounced from the playoffs. It was their lack of hitting. So, you know, Tyler Anderson pitched extremely well for, for them last year. Now he's right. not there again. They got to replace him. But it, it wasn't the pitching. I, I would say yes. You you have him. You have him and, and Mookie for the better part of 10 more years. Come on, man. What, a, what about Cody Bellinger? What's the latest? Well, oh, we're going to find out today. Right? Oh, do they? Today we find out if they tender him or not. Right, they need to tender him. Do you think it's what you got? Well, I think they will. I think they're terrified that he goes somewhere else and all of a sudden regains his, his lost form. Right. I, but I think it's a defensive tender. <laughs> if there's such a thing, we're playing defense. It'll cost us $18 million I once to see what's behind the door. A defensive tender. I tried to bite into it and it was still moving. Uh, that's that's nice. That's the end of it. No, no, I don't think it was no, cooked no. all the way. No, we understand. No, no, no. I just no, got one question no. about boneless chicken. No. What is how, it? How did it okay. walk? Oh, God, Rob. <laughs> okay. Rob, what is wrong with you? Okay, Rob, serious. Who you got tomorrow? USC, UCLA, Rob. Get off this boneless chicken, walking chicken. <laughs> walk. Gray haired, blue haired chickens. Chicken bone, chicken neck, chicken gizzards, all that chicken stuff. All right, you can take you, it with you. USC you like better, better win tomorrow. Otherwise, uh, better Lincoln win. Riley, yes. Better win. They got to win. They need to win. Otherwise, Lincoln Riley, it'll be same old, same old. Big game. This same is a big old, game. Same old, his first year. No, but I'm talking about this. He's first never year. won a bowl game. This is like a bowl game. This is a huge game in his tenure. When you, they can't beat USC. Are you UCLA? UCLA just lost to Arizona. UCLA probably most people believe UCLA is a better team than USC. What are who's you talking winning? About? Who's this winning is for his tenure? Yeah, but you don't. That doesn't mean that. That's why you play the game. For well, your tenure, he's only been here one year. He hasn't really got only thing he's got. He got a couple transfers in, but he hasn't put his whole stamp on his team like he's got all of his recruits. So he you're so Rodney's already setting you know up saying? an alibi, uh, an no, excuse no, no, for when no, they choke no. it down. Is that what it is? No. No, no, no! I'm saying he. You're saying he better win for his for his whatever. Well, because he's never won a bowl first game. Year, first That's all game. I'm saying. He's never won a bowl game, Rodney. I'm saying win this a big a game. game. No, but this is like to 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 be in that situation to get into the championship the and have a chance. Just got here. He ain't been here a full year yet, and you're already talking about his tenure. Yes. 
because they overpaid for him and they gave they him the moon. You see that crowd at the Coliseum? They, you see the excitement around them Trojans? They yeah. didn't overpay for him. Okay, well, if they, they, they don't brought win the it big all game, none of that matters. the way back. He brought it all the way How back. How many people were, you, were there when you were starring yeah. at USC? Was it sold out? It was sold out 90,000. We, yeah, 90,000 at the college. But tickets were $9 back then. 90,000 at the college, Rob Parker, for this game. I just (laughs) talked about 106 we put in at the Rose Bowl. 106,000 folks came in. We didn't have to tarp. You didn't cover up the seats. We didn't have the tarps at the Rose Bowl (laughs) of of 50 rows and taking out the end zones. We had all 106,000 people in the stands. That's how we rolled it back in the day. Rob Parker. And how <laughs> and how, how long did it take you to get home, Fred? Four hours to get out of there? Oh, no, you spent the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. It was I'm a 12.30 kickoff you I spent just, the night. I could just imagine trying to get out of there 106,000. Wow. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, been a while since the game has had this kind of uh, – significance all right predictions i want to know from fred rodney who you got i, I got ucla got, i got ucla so you got ucla yeah. fred huh mm. yeah rodney you got usc 45 38 trojans wow it's gonna be a it's gonna be one of those back and forth it's gonna be a back and forth and who's got the ball last kind of thing and who's you know who can make the play when they need to make i don't think either defense stops either team um that's gonna be the thing because uh, you know at the end of the day ucla's defense is better than than usc's um but I think offensively, we can play and score with anybody. And we'll, we'll be okay in that category. If you, I got if, another one for you, Rob. If UCLA doesn't win, they need to think about replacing Chip Whoa. Kelly with a black coach. There you go again. Yes. And Rob, then they need they to go just, hire. They just resigned him. They just, they just resigned year. Chip no, Kelly. No, no, no. But if they, they don't win. the best win, year that they've had in ever. <laughs> they, can go, they, can, they can go get a black 20 coach years. named Chocolate Chip Kelly. And then uh, maybe oh, they'd have God, a Oh, God, Rob. That's the end. That's enough. Chocolate Chip Kelly. That, that's how we're going to wrap it up, Rob. Oh, my God. All right, Rob, we're not, we're not going to talk to you next week because it's Thanksgiving, so have a great Thanksgiving. Yes, Thank you Rob. very much. That's right. Great Thanksgiving. Go back to I'll the Lions in- game on Thanksgiving, Rob. Go back to the tradition Detroit Lions Thanksgiving Day game, Rob. You know Come I on. covered 20 of those when I was in Detroit every Thanksgiving, and I'll be in for you, Rodney, next week, that- I think. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm going to be filling in for you. So, Fred, I'll yes, see you, you next are. week. Oh, I guess. Well, I will see you next week, Rob, so yes. I take back my have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's it all back. good. And, Fred, one last thing. Don't you dare. Oh, yes. NBC, you later. (laughs) Well, Rob will be here next week, so I'll wish him a happy Thanksgiving (laughs) next week. There you go. Uh, Quick angel note. Uh, Gil Ursula, they acquired him. Uh, The guy can play. Infielder, I like him from Minnesota. So that's another pickup. They've signed Tyler Anderson. They got Ursula. At least they're trying to make some moves down there. Okay, when we come back, the missing man returned. We'll get into that. And who wants norms? Who wants it? Norms! 866-987-2570. Rodney, we'll call our number. Number eight. Oh, let's keep it moving on a I don't care Friday. It's a beautiful Friday because it's, uh, we're getting our pregame in. Yeah, you are. With a big game tomorrow, USC at UCLA. Lot at stake. Lot at stake. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, Fred, right now. Really is, Rodney. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I know you are. I know, why not? Yeah, what time I, are you getting there tomorrow? Getting there. 
Game's at 5. I'll probably be there at 11, Fred. Got to get there before noon. That's when everything starts to take place. And what are you going to do know, when you get there? The shrimps, the shrimps are on the barbie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you're kind of mosey from tailgate to tailgate, Fred. That's what you do. That's what you'll be doing. Yeah, all through that golf course. Yeah, for Tailgate six, to tailgate. You'll be doing that six hours prior to game time. Yeah, you damn right I will. I'll be, I'll be game ready by 5 o'clock, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, guess who was game ready last night? Guess who's back? Ah, Saltier Adam Oslin joins us, host of the Clipper Countdown pregame, postgame. Uh, so Kawhi was back. Kawhi was back after missing 12 games, 25 days. And look, I've seen a lot of comparisons recently. What's the difference between him and Anthony Davis? Sorry. And I don't want to go too far into it, but Kawhi's coming off a torn ACL. We're not talking about a little lower back injury, a jam thumb or anything like that. And their championship hopes are hinged to that right knee of his. Whether or not they're going to win it this season, whether or not they're going to win it in this era with him and Paul George, it's all dependent on Kawhi being healthy. So, yeah, you're going to baby him early on in an NBA season that everybody says is too long and meaningless during the regular season. But on the other hand, a lot of people say, why isn't he playing? Which is it? (laughs) Is it long and meaningless or... Should he be playing right now? Well, he said after the game, actually, it takes two years to recover from this. I mean, I know, you know, the season started and people thought you're back out there. But he himself said for an injury like this, Rodney, it takes two full years to recover. Yeah, listen, and and there's no real timeline, right? Everybody's different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody recovers differently. Only, Only Kawhi knows when he's good to go. And so this notion... You know, and Kawhi's got to live with that body the rest of his life. <laughs> That's what people tend to forget, too. He's like, okay, I, I know everybody wants me out there and wants me to do what I, I, I want to do. I don't think there's any question about his passion to play, his, his willingness to be a team player and want want to help his team win a title. But at the same time, nobody knows his body better than Kawhi. So I, I never want to default anybody that coming off of injury, as Adam just mentioned, Hey, I, if I'm not right, I'm not right. So I'm not going to be pushed. And I, I, I actually admire the fact that he's he's able to stand up to that because there's tremendous amount of pressure for him to go play. And he was the one who wanted to play when he felt stiffness in his knee a couple of weeks ago pregame in OKC. It was the Clippers who held him back. That's what all the reports say. And Kawhi was asked about it again last night and seemed to confirm it. So... I don't think, look, I've never seen Kawhi Leonard uh, play with this much joy, be this talkative, be this vocal out there as I've seen him this preseason, this offseason, and in the three games that he's played in so far. He's talked about missing the game and how much you can't take it for granted and how badly he's wanted to be out there with the guys. So he wants to play. He wants to go. But I don't think they're going to risk anything Uh, for the sake of regular season early wins when they're 16 games into the season when they have their eye on trying to win a championship. Uh, The feeling was after the game, even though he didn't score much, uh, they were a different team with him on the floor. Did you get that sense too? Well, yeah, so the box score. He was a plus 26 in the 25 minutes he played in a game they won by five points. It was kind of unreal. You're right, though. He only scored six. He, I think, was two of eight from the field. But he had a move in the fourth quarter 
And I took note of this because, you know, I'm trying to be amateur sports science sleuth right now, watching Kawhi Leonard move up and down the court and just see his movement, his gait, the fluidity, how he looks compared to before the injury. And he had a move in the fourth quarter where he brought the ball up, left to right, coast to coast, put it behind his back, between his legs, then drove, had a little Euro sidestep on his defender and got the layup. Didn't get the foul call, but got the layup. And I said, okay, that looks like Kawhi Leonard. He showed burst. He showed athleticism. He showed to be the same guy that he's been before. Uh, but that's that's what it comes down to. How often can he make those explosive movements? How often can he look like he has that extra gear that he also always shows in the playoffs? It's normal for Kawhi to maybe not ramp up to the highest level. Same with LeBron James. They talk about playoff mode activated and all these things. To wait until the playoffs to show off every part of their game and to take things to the nth degree physically. And I think in the fourth quarter, as opposed to what we saw in the first quarter, you could just see the difference in Kawhi yesterday in that way. And he's one of the few guys, I would say, that, you know, because we talk about it all the time. He just mentioned, you know, uh, activated playoff P, all these kind of things. I think he's one of the few guys in the league that can be out, that can manage his his minutes, not play a whole lot, and at the right moments flip that switch at him. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think he's one of those rare guys that can actually do it, and it's not lip service, but you get him to the point where he's rested and he's feeling good, He's a guy that could be in midseason form even after not playing for a while. He's proven it. He's already been through this before. Serious injury with San Antonio. Misses almost an entire season. I think he played eight games when he came back. Gets shipped off to Toronto because of disagreements with him and the organization. I think he missed 20 to 25 games that year while they were still managing him with the Raptors. Get him into the playoffs healthy. And by the way, he wasn't healthy throughout that playoff run. And he played. Yeah, he was limping up and down the court. Right. Yeah. He was moving gingerly. And he still found a way to drag them to a championship. So this is a guy who's already done it before. You have the blueprint in front of you. Kawhi can definitely flip that switch. But the Clippers do have to be careful. They're 9 and 7 right now, and they've had an easy schedule so far. I think the second easiest schedule in the NBA. I mean, they played the Lakers twice. They played the Rockets three times. What, Fred, were you going for a button there? Were you going to play the laugh track on that? Yeah, when you said the <laughs> easiest schedule in the NBA, they played the Lakers twice. They played I was going to get one of those. Some bottom-tier competition, and they're 9-7. and seven. The good news is, in the West, it's wide open right now. Yeah. They're a game and a half out of first place. Because all of a sudden, the Portland Trailblazers and the Utah Jazz were the top two teams in the Western Conference. The Golden State Warriors can't win a game on the road right now. The champs, a lot of teams are struggling. So it's given them an opportunity to settle things, figure things out, and take this even more slowly and more cautiously with Kawhi Leonard. Salty, I appreciate you hanging, man. I love you guys. All right. Did I did I give the award? I didn't say who won Norms. Who was it? It was Alex. Alex in L.A., way to go. You won Norms. Alex! Norms! Yeah. yeah. Bring on those T-Bones. Enjoy Norm's three-quarter pound T-Bone steak dinner for only $15.99. Order at norms.com. Rodney, you still have pro flowers to give away today. Yeah, we do. Okay. Come on. Do that between now and three when we come back. Uh, Really one of the most beloved voices the city has ever known. Written a book named Bingo. 
Ralph Lawler, he'll have some stories, and they'll be fun, and he's next. Oh, what a beautiful Friday as we get ready for the big weekend. Big, huge, gigantic, ginormous weekend. USC, UCLA. Yes, Freddie. I'm feeling it already. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. I know we say we don't care Friday, but this one, we definitely care. Yeah, we do. We definitely care on this Friday, Fred. Yeah, we do. And I'll tell I'm you what. I'm excited about this. We care about our uh, our next guest. Yes, Longtime voice of the Clippers. That's what I'm talking about. One of the best guys around. Written Ever. a book called Bingo. Bingo! Here comes our friend Ralph Lawler. Ralph, how are you today? Hey, Fred and Rodney. It's great to hear your voices again. Well, listen to you. Sounded as good as ever. <laughs> are you bored being retired or are you good? Uh, absolutely good. It's been, uh, I did it at just the right time. The timing was perfect and life is good and health is good. And, uh, we're having the time of our life and this whole book thing has kind of just re-energized me uh, with regards to the Clippers and basketball and the history of the sport. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Ralph, and the book thing, I'm sure, has got you busy reliving and retelling some of the stories, man. Um, but are you are you still in it? Are you still watching and keeping up on uh, on everything? Or are you just kind of put it all on the back burner and say, I'm just going to – I'm not going to get involved in sports. I'm not going to watch a whole lot. I'm just going to sit back on the couch and chill. What are you doing now with well, your time? We watch virtually every Clipper game, uh, home and road through NBA League Pass. Uh, my wife insists on it. Uh, she remains uh, one of the great Clipper fans of, of all time, my sweet Joe. But uh, we, we follow very closely. The odd thing is I retired in 2019, and there's only one player left in the current Clipper roster who was there when I was there, and that's Avita Zubac. Uh, wow. Everybody else is brand new. So it, uh, it does change very quickly. Ralph, you were there basically, well, forever with the Clippers. You <laughs> saw it all. You, you lived the Donald Sterling days. I love when you tell stories about when the team was really bad and you were doing it every night and what it was like with Donald Sterling. What, when, when you think back to just how bad it was when it was at its lowest point and you were calling the games, what pops into your mind? What story jumps in there? Uh, my, my my pal Bill Walton always says I saw more b- bad basketball than anybody on the planet Earth, and I just totally disagree with that concept. There was a season where the Clippers won 12 and lost 70. And just think about that, 12 wins in a seven-month season and 70 losses. And I, guys, I can tell you honestly to this day, I loved every one of those 82 games. I hated to see it end when it was all over. I loved it. Working for Donald Sterling always opposed problems. You wondered, is is this uh, smear going to wind up, you know, uh, infecting me as well? I think we avoided that. I always felt I was working for the fans. I certainly wrote this book for the fans, and they were my employer. Donald Sterling wasn't. Fox Sports wasn't. Uh, you know, KTLA wasn't. It was it was the fans that I was working for. I I love them. And I'll see him tomorrow night, be our first night back in the building since my last uh, broadcast in the playoffs in 2019. And it'll be a thrill to get a chance to see some familiar old faces and, and meet some new ones. Wow. I know the fans can't wait to see you. Um, 
Hey, hey, Ralph, we were just talking because it's a big weekend, USC-UCLA game, uh, a lot of implications in this game. Um, and I was talking about when I was playing for USC and and how cool it was to have Keith Jackson do our games. He was the voice of, of college football oh, yeah. at the time. And, um, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to get a chance to have, uh, you know, several interactions with him, relationship with him, and uh, it, it was truly amazing. And, and throughout your career, uh, are there certain players and coaches or or anybody that really stands out to you that you kind of look back and go, that, that you know, I was able to develop a relationship with that guy and he was pretty cool, or I, I treasure that particular relationship. You don't have to get well, specific, but any of, guys. There were a lot of them, and even now I'm 84 years old. I've, I've still got a pretty regular communication with Ron Harper, who played for us, and then wound up playing the Lakers, winning championships uh, with the Chicago Bulls. He lives back in Ohio where he grew up. Uh, we're in touch with each other. Clinton Richardson and Darius Miles in, in Florida. We we stay nice. in touch. Bill Walton remains one of my all-time life's greatest friends. Uh, Gene Shu, who passed earlier this year, uh, remained close to his uh, to us to his, his final days. We were at a book signing in San Diego last night, and former Clipper assistant coach and head coach Bob Weiss uh, was there. It was great to see Bobby. Uh, so, so, yeah, we, we have uh, a, a lot of ties to uh, all those years, from the six years in San Diego to the uh, many years in, in Los Angeles, and I treasure each and every one of them. Pretty cool, Ralph, when you see what the franchise has done under Steve Ballmer, isn't it? Pretty cool. I mean, you were there for uh-huh. some of that, and uh, it, it's yeah. just so different, and it has to make you smile. And my only regret is that uh, Steve didn't buy the team 10 years earlier. I would love to have had, you know, a decade and a half with him instead of just a period of four or five years. Uh, it, it changed. People said, how different is it? It's way more than day and night. It's just an entirely different vibe. He is, uh, you know, factually the wealthiest uh, owner of any pro sports team uh, in the country. But that is not what's so darn important. What's important is his uh, striving for excellence in every facet of the organization. They, they've, they've done marvelous things in the community. The, the, the game operations have, have improved dramatically. People have fun uh, for three straight hours when they come to the arena to watch uh, a separate game. Of course, he's building this magnificent new building in Inglewood. He, he owns the, the old forum. Uh, he, he is a, a, a force to be reckoned with, and he will win a championship uh, for the Clippers and the city of Los Angeles. I flat out guarantee it. Guarantee. I love it coming out of your mouth, Ralph. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Ralph, a lot of announcers have their signature phrases and, and things that they hold on to that people remember and just know, okay, that's what that's so-and-so. That's that guy. Lawler's Law. Where did Lawler's Law come from? How did that come about? It uh, predated my time with the Clippers. Um, actually, Rodney, I was doing Philadelphia 76er games in Philadelphia, and the trainer, Al Domenico, used to point out it was a very high-scoring league in that decade of the 70s. He said, you just watch. The first team of 100 always win. Just watch. <laughs> so I watched it, and it seemed like it was true. When I got the job in San Diego in 1978, uh, going to be a, a team broadcaster for the first time, full time. 
it was uh, my whole thing. And I started saying, how, what can I do to identify myself? And I, I thought of the, the law of a hundred first 100 wins. And I made it uh, alliterative with Lawler's law, first 100 wins, it's the law. And people started parroting it back to me. And I thought, well, I guess that, I guess that works. And uh, interestingly now, even sometimes on a national telecast, uh, we'll be watching a TNT game or ESPN game, and uh, a team will hit 100, and the announcer, God love him, will say, oh, oh there's that Lawler's Law thing once again. <laughs> and uh, it's, 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 it's fun to see that, uh, that some folks do remember, and we'll see a lot of those memories uh, experienced tomorrow night when we meet fans and sign our books at the team store uh, before the game between 6 and uh, 7.30 tip-off. It'll be just I'm really excited about tomorrow night. It's really going to be fun. The book is Bingo, 40 Years in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you heard Ralph. He'll be tomorrow night at the Clipper game. You can pick up a copy there, and uh, he'll certainly sign it for you. Ralph, great talking to you. Yep. Thanks so much for well, doing this. Well, same to you both. Keep up the great work. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys are uh, still together and uh, knocking it out of the park each and every day. That's great. Appreciate it, Ralph. Yeah, we're Thanks, thrilled Ralph. we're still gainfully employed. In our business, you never know. <laughs> All right, take it easy, Ralph. Thanks, Ralph. Thank you. Bye. Great to track Ralph down. Oh, what a great man. I'm going to get that book. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see that book. Uh, okay, next hour we're giving away pro flowers. When those flowers, that gift card, give those flowers to someone you love. Also, next hour, Vinny Bonsignor jumps on. We'll get set for the NFL games this weekend. We are looking for a listener haiku. Vic has now reached out to Ronnie as well. So Rick, Vic is doing much better. He listens to the show. He loves the haiku. We need a listener haiku. If you want to be a part of it, 866-987-2570.